Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And for the first time in 34 years, the Milwaukee Brewers have thrown a no-hitter. Yeah, I guess so. You just informed me of that length of time. I I saw they uh, had one last night against the the Indians third time this year. The Indians have been no-hit, if I saw right. And the third time it happened with Zach Plesak. Right, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking a lack of run support to a new extreme. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a a wild coincidence. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's been – how many no-hitters have there been this this year This is the ninth one, breaking the record set in 1884. Okay, Um, okay. Yeah. I know we got off to a furious start. The pace has slowed down as the season has gone along. It wasn't there. I mean, I swear there was probably six before the end of May, it seemed like. Yeah. Well, the Indians can only get no hit so often. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, and the Mariners have been no hit at least twice, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, including once by the Orioles, who the, the mm-hmm. known tied for the worst team in the league. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, is, is it is it uh, just a coincidence there's been more? Is there something to it? Um, I, I mean, I think that there's, you know, 2020 threw everyone off. Yeah. And I think yeah. there have been a lot of advances in pitching. And, and frankly, the, the approach to hitting, ha, you know, as we've talked about, yeah. has become launch angle, home runs, swing hard. Yeah, you know, yeah, strikeout, walk, home run, you know, appears yeah. to be the 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 most uh, the three most common uh, sequences, and so yeah, I mean, I I think that has to be a part of it. I mean, much less emphasis over the last several years on batting average. I know you and I have discussed that, and we I've noticed it. You know, just like you look at you know the the batting average lists, and you got guys in the top ten that are hitting in the two hundreds. Like mm-hmm. That never used to happen. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the batting champions are sometimes 310, 320. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, you, you you know, obviously there's less emphasis on getting a hit and getting on base. And, and so I suppose you could draw a straight line from that to more no hitters because you don't have the, you know, you don't have the slap hits. You don't have the, you know, the guys in the lineup who just, you know, their mission is to get a single. No one's yeah. really looking for a single anymore. Yeah, manufacturing a run is not yeah. a thing. Not much, not much, no. You know, I mean, you don't have uh, as much of that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I'm sure you're going to agree based on, you know, last night, especially for you. I don't think it's watered down the meaning of them necessarily. I still would love to see one in person. Oh, not uh, at all. I, you yeah. know, but I suppose if it continues at this pace, maybe that will happen. You know, I mean, if it if it does become like, oh, oh, well, you get one every two weeks, then it does, you know, it's sort of like college bowl games. The more you get, the less meaningful they are. I agree. I, I do think that this has done nothing at all to temper a perfect game. Um, no, not at all. And, not, I, I agree. I, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and frankly, like, you know, the thing that's fun about no hitters is you get guys who are, you know, bona fide aces like Justin Verlander, and then you get right. guys like uh, the guy for the D backs this year who right, was making right. his first major first league start, start after being right. a reliever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, and that, that does, like, I wouldn't say that's anything more common because that you know, the history of a no hitter is that 
you, you know, some random names. Yeah, you get your, uh, Jose, you know, your Jose Jimenez. Right, right. Edwin Jackson, another guy who had one for the D-backs. I think he had like eight walks in a game, if I remember right. That's an A.J. Um, Burnett special, actually. A.J. Burnett, I remember he had a bunch of walks in. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, so, it, it, you know, it is. And obviously, more and more, you're getting the combined no-hitter. Of the, I mean, you, you may know, of the nine this year, how many have been by just one pitcher? I'm guessing five or six I at think most. it's six. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, like I know last night was right. They, it was. It wasn't one pitcher, right? Last night it was two. Um, two. Yeah. It yeah. was Corbin Burns for seven inning or eight innings, one walk, fourteen Ks, okay. and then Josh Hader for the ninth. The ninth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, you know, I guess that goes along with the extreme emphasis on. You know, protecting pitchers is you don't you don't leave a guy in just to get a no hitter, and that never. I mean, I know Blake Snell got pulled with a no hitter a couple week or two ago here in Arizona. Uh, you know, just like I, my dad and I saw the Dodgers earlier this year, and Bueller was throwing a no hitter into the eighth, and he stayed in. But that was in my mind the whole time. Is like, is he even going to pitch the whole game, and does it lose a little bit of its meaning if it's not the same guy? I feel like a, a little bit, at least as a fan. Well, it's like and being it's tracked there. that way, right? Like, the, right, you know, right. there was a they made a point of noting that Juan Nieves is still the only Brewer no hitter yeah. by by a pitcher by one one pitcher exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's something a little bit different when one guy goes the distance, and obviously, a perfect game is. You're right. I mean, this hasn't you know hasn't diluted the meaning of a perfect game because that that eliminates the walk. Yeah. which, as we've discussed, is a more and more common occurrence. And you get the Edwin Jacksons and the A.J. Burnett's and, the, you know, uh, you know, that that is still incredibly special. I mean, uh, you know, again, as a fan being there for a no hitter, I still think would be amazingly cool. Uh, you know, I suppose seeing them, you know, on TV or like getting the update. Oh, this guy's got a no hitter. Has it been watered down a little this year? Probably some just because it's like, Oh, another one. Okay, you know, and the more yeah. you see something, it, it's not as exciting. Yeah, but don't worry. I'm sure baseball will find a way to make it worse somehow. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we're we're coming down the stretch. I know we we mostly talk football, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, fun fun races in baseball. That American League wild card race is incredibly competitive. Yeah, um, you know the, uh, the last spot in the NL wild card. Right, the right. The Padres NL, yeah. The Yep, yep, and and you know neither one of them have grabbed it. Uh, you know, it feels like they're they're competing for who wants it less. Um, and and you know they brought in some others. I mean, the Cardinals, the Phillies—they're not that far behind. A hot a hot streak of you know a couple of weeks, and they could end up stealing it. But you know, and then the NLS. I mean, the Giants are. I don't know how the Giants are doing what they're doing. I really don't. Like mm-hmm. it, it defies logic to me that they are this good when yeah. you look at their lineup and their roster compared to the Dodgers, who are having an incredible year and yet it looks like maybe ticketed for the wild card game, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, the blue Jays are plus like 135 yeah. or 140 runs in their run yeah. differential this year, but they're in a dog fight to even try Tied to make the, the playoffs. Wild card. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't follow the blue Jays super close, but I believe they've had a number of blown leads. Yeah, like late blown lead, especially earlier in the year, it seemed like that was a pattern for them. Uh, it's where it comes back to haunt you. That's where that run differential thing can be a little misleading because yeah, they they win a lot of games by you know seven or eight runs, but if you lose by one, 
That's yeah. still a loss, and it could cost him. Yeah. Um, well, let's pivot now and talk about the ASU-UNLV game. So the, yeah. the whole run-up to this was it's a trap. It's a trap game. We fell yeah. for this trap before. We, then we come out, drive down the field, throw a ugly pick in the end zone by Jaden Yeah, Daniels. Yeah, it's not a – not a good throw. Don't know if it was miscommunication or a bad throw or what, but it, it was it was bad. And then they march down the field, kick a field goal. We respond with a touchdown. Then they respond with a touchdown. And yeah, it, all yeah. of a sudden it feels like a real game. And it stayed a real game through halftime and through much yeah, of the third quarter. Most of the third, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 14-10 into the late part of the third. We finally, you know, Rashad White had a touchdown, then another one, I think, early in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And and there was Cruz control and and you know so the the defense was not good the first two drives and then after those two drives really was outstanding. When I, I, mean, I, you know, I saw the stat, they allowed only 19 yards in the second half. I think That's, yeah, you can yeah. win a lot of games with that. And and for sure, Darian for Butler sure. again, fantastic this time. Yep. Two sacks, couple of sacks. Right, right. Yeah, the pass rush was much better in the second half. We. Uh, you know the the first the first drive was was uh, frustrating because I think it was three straight you know three straight times we got them in third down and, and long third and you know six plus and let them get first downs all three times. Then the second drive was another long you know methodical drive. Like man, you got to get off the field. I mean, if you didn't know better, you watch the first you know twenty to twenty five minutes of game action, you'd say those were two evenly matched teams. Yeah, and that is not what I wanted to see. Uh, now you watch the whole 60 minutes and it didn't feel that way, but it, it still was, was not a great, uh, not a great start getting going. And yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't come out of this feeling super optimistic. No, I, I don't either. I think that, you know, that some of the things of note to me in this game, you know, they've, they went immediately back to Zendejas uh as yes, the kicker. I saw that so yeah yeah you know. and he missed an extra point yeah but he hit the field goal um, he did he did i mean it was i'm not you know i'm not saying it was good you know like i i think i think uh the kicking game or at least the, the place kicking game is just not going to be a strength this year it feels yeah. like Zeplicki it, you know. seems like a pretty good punter though he's been pretty good yeah yeah you know now hopefully and that's one of the things that you know is most concerning hopefully we you know we don't see him that much but Mm-hmm. Boy, our offense just, it just, it's underwhelming so far. I, I, I gotta say, like, I mean, I know that the total points look good and the, the stats probably look pretty good, but I just, uh, I don't, I mean, and, and, you know, last night was a little, a little weird because we only had, I think, four possessions in the first half. Two of them, we scored touchdowns. The other one, you know, the first one we got in the red zone and through the pick. The, mm-hmm. the last one we got inside the 30 and got sacked on fourth down. So it wasn't like we didn't move the ball, but. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think we ran it extremely well, at least early. Um, and the passing game just feels like it's it's mediocre at best. Well, I, just, and I, as, I expected more. As you and I texted during the first quarter, like, Jane Daniels does not look like an NFL no, product. And, this no. is, and, and, and you can win games in college without that sure. guy, and that's fine. Sure. But that's not how this was postured for us. Uh, agreed. You know, agreed. This feels Completely. a lot yeah. like his junior season feels a lot like Jahi Carson's sophomore season where it's like, well, everyone sort of agrees he's leaving after this year. So yeah. I hope he's good, but should he leave? 
does this yeah, right we're, right, look, we're only mean, two games in but the sure, the sure. maddening it, it, inconsistency yeah, uh, is yeah. still there yeah it is and i mean and you know the the drive where he got sacked on the fourth down into the first half the, the play right before he i think it was bunkley shelton has you know two steps it's a walk-in touchdown and he's he's off on the throw mm-hmm. and those are the mistakes that just to keep happening like they were they were things you saw as a freshman and you thought Boy, when this guy reins it in, he's going to be something, and he just hasn't. You know the no. I mean the 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 flow chart of his game feels like it's it's like a a straight line. Mm-hmm. It's not pointing up. It's not pointing down. So that's something. I mean, we've had quarterbacks here who have regressed from early in their career. You know, I think of Rudy Carpenter in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, you know, I think uh, of Manny Wilkins in a way. You know, like but but he's he's you know he's just like flat. Yeah. Which it's just not what I wanted. I, I expected a little more. Yeah, he's to go cross sport. He's becoming more and more like Remy Martin, where it's yeah, that's you know, a good comparison. There's a lot yes. of flash, and he does a lot of things well. But is he but a, just, is he great? I don't think no, he's great. No, and, and you no. know, you brought up Manny Wilkins, and we talked about this before the season. Mm-hmm. Manny Wilkins is to me the platonic ideal of middle of the pack ASU quarterback. Yes. And yes, agreed. And Jaden Daniels is right next to him still. At this point, yes. Yes. Now look, you know, his his legacy here will go up or down based on the next ten games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, because some of those games look tougher than I thought. Some of them maybe not as tough as I thought so far. Um but you know like if if he has a couple of like really monster games and we win some tough games and we get to the Pac-12 championship game, then sure he he you know he will be away. But yeah, to this point in his career, it is very Manny like. He's had we've had a couple of really big wins. You know, mm-hmm. Manny had that win over Washington his his second to last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but the, just the consistency is not there game in and game out that you expected from somebody who was, you know, supposed to be the, the, you know, talent wise, the best quarterback that has come through ASU in X number of years. Um, I'm not seeing that. And I just, you know, I mean, overall I I watched these first two games. Now I didn't see the first game because it was on PAC 12 net, but I listened to a fair amount. I watched last night, both there and on TV. And I don't, I don't see special from this team right now. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope time proves me wrong, but, this team feels like a seven or eight win team, which is not at all what you and I were hoping, obviously. No. And, you know, Trainum didn't play last night. Right. Um, right. Which is a factor. But, you know, you, you had Nada step in. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he yeah. was pretty solid. And you he know, averaged he 10 a, yards a carry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a good touchdown run. He, he left the game injured, but then came back. Um, it, you know, that was a little concerning when he left, you know, holding his wrist. I thought, oh man, what are, you know, what are we in for here? Um, but you know, he came back in had at least one carry after that. So he was fine. I mean, it, you know, the, the thing that I honestly don't love is 13 rushing attempts from Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And only one of those was a sack. So that's mm-hmm. 12 and don't know how many of them were called. I don't, I don't recall very many where it was like a design quarterback run. It's, it's him scrambling, which, you know, hey, he had 122 yards last night. Hard to quibble with that and be upset. No, but, it's not about he, his decisions, but the fact that he had to do it. That either yeah, our receivers yeah. can't get separation or right. we couldn't sustain blocks. Right. 
and and then he took a couple of big hits. I mean, there was one in the in the first quarter on the yeah. second drive that you know he yeah, you saw. It. I mean, you know, that's a big hit. It's like, man, that's that's you know, you just that's not a sustainable model for this team, I don't think, because well, and you know, you know he, he's bigger than he was as a freshman, but he's not big. No, back no, there. and and you know, you could be as I mean, you can be Cam Newton, but you get hit the wrong way, and and you know, you're out. And, and so, I mean, yeah, obviously would it be nice if he was a little sturdier and a little, you know, but gosh, it's just, it's, it's really exposing him to a lot of hits. And I mean, some of that's on him too. Like the, the hit that he took, he, he could have gotten down before he, he took could that have hit. Slid. There were, yes. he, he, he avoids, he, the one thing that Manny did when he yeah. was here, as he progressed through the years. Yeah. Was he learned to avoid that hit? He would yeah. he would try the the leaps and the things, but he would also slide. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And know, I just I Daniels didn't see that last night have, from Daniels. Yeah, he appears to have not embraced that. No, so far. no. Which is interesting because as a freshman, I remember him being like an overslider. Mm-hmm. I remember there were times where it was like, "Boy, you're giving up on that run after like three yards. You could have got six more, you know." Uh, but yeah, last night, then I'm like, uh, "You know, I guess it's a it's a tightrope you walk." But I just, I mean, when you look at what we have behind him, and, and, and okay, it's unknown. I mean, maybe Trenton Borgay or Finn Collins is is going to be the next, you know, Baker Mayfield or something like that. But I don't want to find out, you know, as much as we just sat here and kind of, you know crapped on Jaden Daniels a little not totally but a little uh he's still clearly I think the best option that we've got well this yeah year. there's no there's no quarterback controversy here for no my, my no. frustration is at his lack of growth not that I think right. he needs to be benched because I don't right. know what oh, you 100%. would do with that like exactly you know? exactly we don't have a better option I mean it's so it's not exactly this isn't a, a totally fair comparison but it's sort of like Nebraska with Adrian Martinez Mm-hmm. Like he's he's probably regressed to be honest. He's a guy who has not progressed and probably gone backwards. But they don't really have another option. So it's like you you keep trotting him out there because who are you going to go to? Mm-hmm. Um, and this you know like this is sort of like that. He's good. He's a good quarterback. Um, but you know right now I just I'm not I'm not seeing special. Now, granted, you know both games we've had the lead in the second half. He you know we haven't had to ask him to make big throws in the fourth quarter to win a game yet mm-hmm. we will probably as soon as this week yeah uh you know i mean this this game is going to be more on him byu is obviously pretty good defensively they've mm-hmm. you know not that utah or arizona have great offenses but they've you know they've held both opponents to what under 17 i know mm-hmm. last night was 17 i think that you know arizona didn't do much either um so they're tough and and you're not going to be able to just hand the ball off 40 times and think you're going to win that game so, you know, this this is the first test of, okay, Jade Daniels, can you carry us yeah. against a, a better team on the road? And we'll, we'll find out. I'm not I'm not brimming with optimism, uh, you know, based on what I've seen so far this year. And uh, I just, I don't know. I don't feel great about next week. Well, and they defended the home turf against Utah last they night. They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, Utah was top 25 team and, comparable you know, to us in many ways they are yeah i mean in the rankings at least yeah they were 21 we were 23 um you know so yeah i don't i don't know i mean i know i picked us to win that game and i was thinking this morning you know i i picked us to start six and oh and right now i feel like four and two at best mm-hmm. 
because at UCLA, certainly, I mean, I hate to overreact to UCLA. I don't, I don't want to, you know, put UCLA in the college football playoff just yet because they beat LSU. But they have looked pretty impressive. Um, and BYU has looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Stanford showed some life last night. You know, well, went to the new quarterback. And, and how about wanted, Colorado's you know, defense? Colorado. I was going to say, I mean, Colorado obviously offensively struggled yesterday. But, yeah, they almost beat A&M with <laughs> a very good defensive performance. So that's our next four opponents. And I, none of those am I looking at like, oh, we should win that one pretty easily. Uh, you know, based on the way those four teams have played so far and the way we've played, yeah, I'm getting a little, a little nervous about that. Yeah, the easy wins are gone now. Until it, really, so. until Arizona. Until they, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Washington State. They haven't looked all that impressive. They lost their first, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, yeah. I mean, because you still got at Utah. Granted, they lost last night, but you know that's a tough place to play, and they're always a tough team. You got at Washington. I know they're zero and two, but they'll get better, and they're good defensively. Oregon State's, you know, showed a little bit of, of you know spunk so far. I mean, they're they are who they are. They'll score points. They'll give up points. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not a layup win like the first two until yeah, probably Arizona based on what they look like. Yeah. Which and is, even then that's, you know, it's still a rivalry I never, game. And... I never consider that a layup win after 2004. Uh, I, I will never, ever, ever be caught just assuming that's a win because yeah, I learned that the hard way. But you know, if you go through, you know, white was good again yeah yeah um good but but it took him i mean and i'm not blaming him i didn't we did not run the ball well in the first half no with him daniels had a pretty productive but again those were those were not called runs yeah no no i I I mean the designed runs were not impressive i didn't think there was something that you and i did that i you know that we took from a lot of the pundits who follow the team and reporters who follow the team but we all just sort of assume the O-line was fine. Yeah. And it doesn't seem fine. It seems I mean, it's been okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess maybe because we're ASU fans and because so many years we've gone in and, and then experienced situations where the offensive line was just bad. We knew it was going to be an Achilles heel and it was that we went into this year with all, you know, the, the almost what four returning starters and, and some depth that played last year. And you thought, well, this should be a strength and it's probably more neutral. Yeah. I don't know if it's a strength. It's not a weakness, you know, we're, we're okay, but it's not, you know, Alabama 2012 either. But, you know, like, I, I think, I think you're probably right. We got, we got lulled into a false sense of security because it was like, well, you know, Hey, the offensive line's not a weakness. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that doesn't mean it's a powerhouse unit either. Yeah. Um, the receiving core, we, I think we saw an emergence with Bunkley Shelton again. Uh, yeah. You know, three catches and, and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and Wilson had a, you know, a Wilson touchdown. Wilson had a touchdown. Did not, uh, you did know. not fight through the, uh, the corner to break up that interception. On the interception, no. And I do wonder... I mean, I, I, you know, the reason I, I said, you know, I wonder if that was a little bit on him is I, I watched after the play, Daniels stopped him coming off the field. and It almost felt like he was telling him like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm expecting you to do something else there. So, yeah, still a little shaky, but, you know, he had a one one play I was impressed by. I think it was in the first quarter on the, on the TD drive, caught a short pass and made a couple guys miss. And, you know, I think it was only maybe a six or seven yard gain, but 
he made it that yeah. he could have, you know, and, and for a guy who's so big, you know, it was like, well, okay, he's got a little, little shiftiness, little yeah. moves here and there. Um, well, Cause if he falls forward, it's two yards. So, right. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was, that was nice to see. Uh, I mean, the, the receiving numbers are, fine they're sort of infl- like and the they're inflated line. by Rashad White I mean he they Daniels are. was they 20 are. of 29 but I believe didn't eclipse 200 yards he did not and he did not now I mean you know like we didn't have to right. you know like but again, he threw it's, 29 it's a, passes yeah you know it's yeah, not like I mean, we it, only threw 15 passes and you're right this you're way. right like, yeah I mean, you know, 175 I, what, yards on 29 attempts is not real great yeah uh, the, the mean, yards per attempt is low and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very curious, you know, Zach Hill has a lot of gadgetry in his uh-huh. like playbook, but I don't see a lot of just I and maybe it's because we don't have a Frank Darby, uh, yeah. or a, you know, and Thompson got hurt yesterday. Right, right. Uh, that we just don't have anyone we trust to just run a, a go route down the field. Right. You know, right. Or, yeah. or maybe it's Daniels is declining that pass. It might be. It might be. I mean, the touchdown to Bunkley Shelton was a, was a shot, but it, again, it came when the game was pretty much decided. And I think UNLV was certainly expecting us to run and, you know, we, we ran a little play action. And I think it was, you know, it was a good, I don't know what the yardage on the play was, but I mean, it was, it was down the field. Um, and he made a nice move to get in the end zone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, again, I, I think we're going to start to find out this week, can this team throw it to win? Mm-hmm. We haven't really had to do that the two games this year. We didn't have to do it the, the last two games last year. Um, you know, and, and even, the you know, like going back to the USC and UCLA games last year, there weren't a lot. I mean, the USC game, we did not pass it well. We had the lead. We should have won the game, but it, you know, it was not a great passing game. Uh, I think we had, I think Rashad White, you know, had that long touchdown pass, quote unquote, but it was a, you know, screen pass that he took for 60 yards or something. Um, it just, I don't know. So, I mean, you, you mentioned Zach Hill and I was thinking that like, now we've only had six games with him. I realize mm-hmm. that's not a lot, but it just doesn't feel like he's, he's got an offense that's designed to drop back and throw it. No. Which is fine if you could do everything else perfectly, but I, I don't I don't know. That then that comes back to the offensive line that you said. You know, like is the offensive line that much of a strength that you can just say, you know what? We're gonna run it seventy percent of the time, uh, and we're gonna take the short passing game and that and that's gonna be enough for us. Well uh, you know the other know. the other piece that to me is concerning is this is all well and good if you are up or down right. by by one score or less, but if you're down two scores in the second half, fine. Yeah. Not, a team's gonna let you have a twelve play drive where you run it Agreed. ten times. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that to me is is I think we're gonna find that out. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we don't. But you know, I just feel like this game is gonna be one of those where whether we're down two scores in the second half or whether it's just a grind it out. You know, like you're you're gonna have to pass it successfully to win this upcoming game, I think, and to win a number of the upcoming games. Um, you can't be, you know, we're we're not Stanford of Jim Harbaugh or early David Shaw, where we go out there with, you know, I mean, we talked about that last week. You know, we don't have the seven offensive linemen in two fullbacks formation 
where we're just going to mash it at you and we can we can beat anybody with you know 12 pass attempts that's not us we yeah. don't have that personnel so like you're gonna you're gonna have to be more successful and I mean this this stat line for Daniels is you know like you said the yards per attempt isn't great but you know 20 and 29 175 two touchdowns you know 122 rushing yards you look at that and say that's a really good game mm-hmm. I just I didn't think it was a really good game it was fine it was fine for what we needed last night but we're gonna need more the next 10 weeks it, I, I think part of why I'm hesitant and why and I think is why you're hesitating a little bit to call it a good game too is when it happened like yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. you know putting up a couple garbage touchdowns late and some right. garbage time yardage is you know okay right. but right. when the game was in doubt it was bad it wasn't great yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean so, bad is so it's, one, it's it's a it's too much to say bad it, it was not good it was we, we did mediocre. not we did yeah. not get in the left lane with the hammer down on this no, team. No, I agree. I mean, and, and so, you know, okay, you talked about the yards per attempt, 175 on 29. Well, 33 of that was the touchdown when the game was already decided. That was, mm-hmm. a, you know, that was a nice play, but it was a little window dressing. So you take that one play out, and you're at 142 yards on 28 attempts. That's not going to... That's not going to cut it against BYU and Colorado and UCLA and on and on. I just I don't think it is. No. And and you know, like we talked about, the the one silver lining is this is why your schedule is shaped this sure. way. Like sure. we we now have worked through it. We've seen these things. These are what's worked. This isn't. And yeah. now we're in games where it needs to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I guess the the thing I thought this week is, or or this morning, I should say, is like, if you're still of the mindset that this is going to be a 10-plus win team and go into the Pac-12 championship game, then you're convincing yourself that things are going to improve from what you've seen the first two games. That, That, you know, this was a little vanilla, and we're ready to break out the big guns here starting this week. And, mm-hmm. and that may be true. You know, I mean, it, it may be there's always teams at the end of the year that you're like, boy, I watched them the first couple of weeks. They they weren't that impressive, but here they are in the, you know, conference title game or, or right there in the mix, you know, till the last week for the conference title game. But but if you're basing it on what you've seen from this team for the first two weeks, I don't see how you can be overly confident that, you know, this is going to be much better than, than 2018 and 19, which were what, both, both seven and five years? Yeah. We were you know, seven and we five, to, seven and five, two and two. Went to mediocre bowl games. You know, one lost, one won one. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I'm looking at. I mean, I'm watching that team last night, and and you know, you get a you get a little different feel just being in there, and it's just like I I don't know. I didn't I didn't look at that team and think, wow, this team means business. They are they are really, as you said, putting the hammer down. Like it was just felt like they were kind of going through the motions. Um, and, and, uh, you, again, you can do that against UNLV, but can you turn it on and off like, like that? I, some teams can, you know, mm-hmm. some, some teams have that ability, but I, I don't know that we're good enough to, to rely on that. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, Trainum will be back this week. Supposed to be. Yeah. I saw yeah. Herb said that. So that obviously can't, can't hurt if we, you know, have the full complement of running backs back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting test. We we will we will learn more about this team 
this coming Saturday than we've learned in the in the past two weeks, I believe. You know, this is a better team. It's on the road. It's not going to be a game you can sleepwalk through the first half and still find a way to win. And that's basically what we've done, I think, both of the first two games. Yeah, th- look, this is a team that can beat us. UNLV oh, yeah. was a team that was unlikely to, and yeah. Southern Utah UNLV was a team that was... If we played horribly. You yeah, know, and Southern Utah just wasn't going to beat us. You right, know. exactly. You know, I mean, if we had played awful for four quarters, we could have lost last night. But we could win by playing pretty eh, good. mediocre, good, you know, having some good stretches. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to make BYU into, you know, uh, 2001 Miami. They're not. But they are a good team, and it is on the road, which, you know, is our first road game, obviously, and first, first road game with a crowd atmosphere since 2019. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of guys in uniform that haven't played a, a true road game for us or anywhere, uh, you know. So that's interesting. Obviously, you always wonder how you respond to that. Well, they're New coming coaches, off momentum with a win over Utah, up, rivalry exactly, win. Yeah, they're they're feeling good about themselves, and they get you know they got a good crowd, and like you know it's it's challenging, and and so we will learn about this team if this you know if they come out and execute well and they run the ball and the defense plays like it did in the second half and they, you know, they could get a win. By no means, like I said, am I saying this BYU team is unbeatable? I just, based on what I've seen for eight quarters, I don't feel great about it. No. Um, well, let's talk about, we, we've touched on it a little, but the, the Pac-12 had a great early slate yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Oregon going into the big house and and beating uh, beating Ohio State on the road. Yeah, 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 huge. I mean, it, it's it's uh, national the TV. First two weeks, national TV. Yeah, I mean, you know, marquee game. I mean, uh, and as marquee an opponent as you can get, basically. I mean, that that is one of the you know three crown jewel programs over the last five years is Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Um, and, you know, and so to win that game, it's interesting when you look at the Pac-12's first two weeks because, you know, how, and I don't think the answer's there yet. What matters most for perception? The top end wins because you got Oregon, you got UCLA beating LSU, or the depth because the depth has not been good. No. You know, you had all the North teams losing last week except Oregon. This week, you know, USC lays an egg, granted against another conference team, but they didn't look impressive. But, well, and, but Stanford was bad last week so it was bad last week right you know i mean you have you know sc and utah two ranked teams that both lose you have washington go to michigan and really uncompetitive uh yeah colorado made a game of it against a&m though that was was very solid yes yes you know and should have probably won uh you know i mean like well i should say should have it's hard to it's hard to hold a team to 10 and lose but it is it is yeah you know but but it's just it'll be interesting, I guess, at the you know, when you when November rolls around, what matters more for the Pac twelve? And I tend to think it's probably the UCLA and the Oregon wins because the difference of course with the Pac twelve and, and I mean it happens probably every conference, but especially the Pac twelve, a lot of those bad losses are played when people aren't even awake anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, last week, how many people on the East Coast were awake to see Washington lose to Montana? Washington State lose to Utah State or Cal lose to Nevada. Well, and, you, and, and the other thing, which was, you know, why having USC lose is bad, but 
most people don't watch most Pac-12 programs. They it's don't. not they like don't. it's not like the SEC where there's compelling storylines about Mississippi and Mississippi State. Like, right. It, right, people aren't tuning in to watch Cal. Just no. th- like it no. doesn't matter what time they're on. They, unless you went to Cal, Agreed. you you Agreed. don't really care. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, and so I think it's going to be those high end wins that that will help. I mean, now here's the here's the key: the pressure is on Oregon now for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've got to. They could probably afford one loss and still have a chance, but that one loss needs to come to another good team, maybe on the road. Um, you know, like they can't afford a home loss to Arizona in two weeks or something like that. Like you know, yeah. you can't you can't go out and lay an egg after this win because then it's going to be up oh, typical Pac-12 fluke. They can't hold. They can't maintain momentum. Um, but I mean, it, the 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 ball is in Oregon's court now to make the playoff. I know it's early. They have ten games left plus the conference title game. That's a huge win, and and it's a win that will you know carry them all the way to December if they just keep it up. You know, just do what you're supposed to do, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and and you know get to the get to twelve and one or thirteen and zero. They're probably in the playoffs. Oh yeah, um, and and that would be huge for the conference. I mean, it really would. You know, we we need to break this playoff drought. It's it's really bad. Four years in a row. And the last couple without really even a contender, even, mm-hmm. you know, a team in the mix, at, you know, in the last couple of weeks, um, like that's, that's tough. The, uh, the whole landscape kind of shifted with, some, you know, the Iowa, Iowa state game forced a top 10 team to lose, <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah. which again was Iowa state <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, Arkansas with a big upset over Texas. Yeah, boy, they look good. They look mm-hmm. good. Uh, I mean, maybe they're – I don't think they're, you know, SEC West contender, but they, they might be dangerous for, for mm-hmm. you know, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Auburns. Like, you know, don't don't take them lightly. They play A&M in a couple weeks in Dallas. And like, they look pretty solid, uh, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was interesting. I mean, you know, and, and a couple other teams barely, you know, we talked about A&M, barely survived. Notre Dame barely survived. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, I know the polls don't mean much. But I mean, I think I think Oregon should be three or four in the country. I know oh, they yeah. dropped last they, week, but they went on the road to Ohio State, the yeah. number three team, and beat them. Yeah, I mean, I assume Alabama, Georgia remain one, two. They did nothing to lose their position, and Oklahoma probably moves up to three. And they played Western Carolina, but they won seventy-six to nothing, so it's hard to hard to drop them. Um, but you know, probably, I mean, I think Oregon should move past Clemson, should move past A and M, should move past Notre Dame. I mean, you know that that win. If you're gonna if you're gonna be true to just what you've seen this season, and not just expectations, they've been more impressive than those teams I just mentioned. Far mm-hmm. away. Uh, it was a it was a bad day in a, for the big schools in Florida. I mean, the Gators won comfortably, but yeah, uh, yeah. Miami barely hung on over Appalachian State, and then yeah. uh, Florida State oh, final gosh. play. I I mean, Mike Norvell. Oh. The Mike Norvell era might end sooner than later there. Boy, all the momentum that they had from that, you know, moral victory essentially on Sunday night against Notre Dame, out the window now. And that's mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you shouldn't, first of all, you shouldn't even be in that position to be only up by three on Jacksonville State with, you know, 10 seconds to go. But how do you give up that play? I mean, that's that's like, you know, 
mean, it wasn't exactly, but it almost felt like remember the Titans. Like, yeah. how are you? How do you not have more guys back to make a tackle? Yeah. How do you let a guy get behind you? And uh, like, oh my God, that was horrible. Wait, I, I I don't understand defensively why there's not two guys on the goal line. You mu- yeah. you, you just need to br- rush two. Just, you right. know, a nominal right. rush, you know, yeah. and just put two guys um, at the five because there's yeah. no way that quarterback's making it all the way to the end zone in the air. No, no. And there wasn't enough time for them to get down and kick a field goal. No. You know, so it's not even like you're protecting against field goal range. Like that was, yeah, that's awful. Awful. I mean, and, and just, like I said, the, the way to take the air out of the balloon in six days. I mean, you kill, you left that Notre Dame game feeling like, okay, they lost, but boy, they came back. They showed fight. Mackenzie Milton, great story. The crowd was into it. You know, like yeah, some life at Florida state again. And it's, it's gone now. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't come back, but wow, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So, you know, the, the college football landscape is, is still in full on shakeup mode. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that this morning. Like, and that, we'll see how the season ends. We could very well see Clemson and Ohio State still in the playoff. It's not not writing either one of them off. But for all the hand wringing about us, oh, same teams all the time. Oh, it's always. Well, I mean, two weeks in, Clemson and Ohio State each have a loss. So you know, if you wanted intrigue, if you wanted to, like, well, does Clemson have the ACC in bag? I'm not sure. Does Ohio State? have a cakewalk to the big 10 title game sure doesn't appear that way so you you know you got some intrigue well and, and now you know, with like, texas losing if texas beats oklahoma which is true, not true. impossible at all right 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 you know so yeah i mean hey it's it's early we could still end up with the four-team playoff of alabama and ohio state clemson and oklahoma i mean i, I wouldn't rule that out but it's not going to be a formality all year let's say that you know i mean you know now that it's like the margin for error of those teams got much smaller. Uh, I don't want to say that – I mean, I heard somebody say, like, well, Ohio State can't lose again. Or, eh, I don't know. I mean, an 11-2 and two Big Ten champion Ohio State would have a pretty good argument to still make the playoff. I'm not going to write them off. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it – like, know. you know, much like you said about Oregon, it for them, it depends on who you lose to. Right, right. You know. I mean, if they lose a – you know. I, if they lose no, to Maryland – or yeah, yeah. You know, or they Rutgers lose to Penn State in a toss-up game, and you know, obviously Penn State's in their division, so maybe that caught you know. But I mean, just play it out like they lose to Penn State. Penn State loses a couple other games. They still win the East. Uh, you know, they lose that game in overtime or something like that. You know, you could easily see them getting in as a two-loss Big Ten champ. Yeah, I know they've been a two-loss Big Ten champ and not gotten in, but still, I mean, it's, it's well, the road is there for them to do. But that. what it sets up for them. And for Clemson is you can't have that weird loss right? Exactly. now in conference the, season. Like Clemson can't lose to BC. Correct. You know? Correct. Now Clemson has probably a thinner margin of error because the ACC is not as respected as the Big Ten. Yeah. And so uh, an 11-2 and two ACC champion Clemson probably needs a fair amount of help to get in. They need... They need the Big Ten champ to have three losses and, and the Pac-12 champ to have two losses. And, you know, that could happen. I mean, here's what's interesting to me that we're seeing already this year, and I'm not shocked by it. We're seeing more upsets than we saw almost all of last year. And I and I think I, – I thought this last year. I think it even more now. Last year was a year that unless you had national title aspirations, I think a lot of teams just went through the motions. 
you had to do, you know, you had to go through all these protocols and you'd miss spring practice. And I think, I think you just had a lot of teams like, oh, we're, we're here, but God, we're not going to win the national title. What do we even care about? And that's why you and saw so year, many people opt out of the bowls. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, I think for Alabama, for, you know, Clemson, for Notre Dame, those teams, yeah, they, they played, you know, hard every week and they won all, you know, but it was very top heavy last year. Cause I think unless you were on one of those five, six, seven programs that felt like we could win it all, it was like, what, what are we doing? But this year, you know, you're seeing Stanford go out, lay an egg in week one, and then they come back and play really well last week. And it's like, you didn't see that as much last year. Cause it felt like when teams bubble was burst last year, like, well, screw it. You know, let's just get through it. Whatever. Uh, you know, there wasn't as much kind of upstart, we're going to shock the world sort of emotion as there is. And I, I think crowds help that too. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're, when you got your home fans behind you or when you're going into an opposing place and it's like, let's shut up these fans. Mm-hmm. Hard to get yourself emotionally worked up when there's nobody in the stands. I would imagine, you know? So I just, I think you're already seeing that difference of like, Hey, there's a little bit more, you know, the, the playing field levels out just a little when the emotion gets higher. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun, though. You know, I mean, that Oregon game was really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, we didn't, I did probably didn't say it, but man, credit them. Like, they, the two of their defensive stars out for the game, um, and they just, they were the better team. There was no fluke about that game. Oh, they, yeah. They, they led the entire way. They never trailed, I don't believe. I think it was, I think it was 7 7. But mm-hmm. then they, you know, they went up 14 7. They led the entire rest of the way. Had to answer the bell on offense in the third quarter when Ohio State got rolling and they had to keep answering. And then on defense, in the, I mean, Ohio State got the ball twice, down by seven, and they forced a punt and, and then picked off Stroud. And, you know, well done on their part. Uh, you know, all the credit in the world. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked before the season that this is, and, and before this game, about how this is, Crystal Ball's got to show it. Like, yes. he can recruit, yes. but can he do it? Well, this Any is a coach. game that he... You know, he and his coaching staff deserve a lot of credit because they they, they were prepared, yeah. they hung in there, and yeah. they never broke. Like you said, yep. they, there was yep. ample opportunity for you know Ohio State to just seize momentum, and they there never was. let them do it. I mean, they they went they you know Ohio State got within seven, I think, with like eight minutes to go, and Oregon goes out, goes three and out, and that crowd is going crazy and it's loud, and and Ohio State had pretty much done whatever they wanted on offense up to that point in the half, and you thought, here we go. I mean, I texted you in the first half, and I said, "This it reminds me of that Auburn game two years ago. They were the better team. They should have won. They blew it at the end, and it helped cost them the playoff. I mean, without if they win that game, they probably go to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, just like the whole second quarter and most of the second half, I kept thinking, are we headed for a repeat of that? Where at the end of this game, you're going to think, man, Oregon was better. How did they not win? But they they did win. So. Uh, big credit to them for pulling it off and closing the deal. And, and now, you know, as we've talked about when ASU is having a good year and it's like, well, the next game is the most important game. That's the, that's the case for Oregon. Now this was the biggest game for them, but, but, you know, can't let up and Stony Brook this week. I think they'll be fine. But then when you get into conference play, like you, you can't take your foot off the gas because people are just waiting to say, well, you were a fluke. Yeah. yeah, you're not really better than Ohio State. You just caught them on an off day, and the Pac-12 is still a joke. And so the, you know, I mean, I'm going to say this sort of tongue-in-cheek, but Pac-12 officials need to be giving Oregon the benefit of the doubt. 
and I hate to say that, but like the, the conference needs Oregon to run the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you need to earn your upset against Oregon. Yes, yes. I mean, and, and again, I say that tongue in cheek, but you know, you always hear, you know, not anymore. But you know, in the past, like, oh, the Big Twelve is always going to make sure Oklahoma and Texas get the benefit of the doubt because they want them to, you know, like that needs to be the case for the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, there not anymore. Sort of, <laughs> not anymore in the Big Twelve, not at all. But you know, in the past, like, but yeah, like you know, there, there needs to be a wink, wink understanding that like we're not going to screw Oregon. If they lose, they lose. But mm-hmm. but but if it's a uh, it's a tight game and there's a pass interference question mark, like keep, keep that flag in your pocket or throw it depending on what what is best. Yeah. Um, So as a programming note, we will be going back to a Thursday recording this week. It'll be live and in person. Live and in person. Right, right. Uh, But we will get to our BYU preview at that point. Yes. uh, And then we'll be on a, you know, fairly regular schedule, I think, moving forward. I think so. Little little TBD, but yeah, we'll, we'll get back into a more frequent uh, Thursday breakdown. Yeah. So until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sports Club.